mean, Philip must be so fired up right there when he comes and he comes next to the chair and he hears him reading Isaiah 53 of all passages. He's so encouraged. Why? Ready, ready, ready. He's so encouraged because there's nothing like knowing you're in the center of God's will. Welcome back, Living the Light listeners. Taking time out of your day to join us is a big deal. Loved ones, we are continuing on our journey through the book of Acts, and today we take another look at Acts 8. Specifically, we're looking at the idea of guidance and supernatural guidance at that. The story centers around Philip and a supernatural appointment in a desert path that leads to Ethiopia. Here's Pastor Robbie to explain more in today's message in Acts 8, 26. But God, I want to see all the steps. And I was like, no, you're not going to see all the steps. That's called heaven, okay? For now, do you trust me with the first step? Man, that's a big thing for us right now. The obedience in the moment to what we know God is asking us to do. That applies in so many different ways. Look at verse 29. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. I love verse 30. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, um, and he asked. Now, now I love that the Bible tells us that Philip ran. Why is that there? Why, why would that detail exist? Philip ran. What do you deduce from that reality in Scripture, every word put there by the Holy Spirit, that Philip ran? What does that make you think about Philip? Here's what makes me think of Philip. Makes me think of a man of tremendous faith. Makes me think he's fired up, man. Makes me think he's excited. Uh, You run often when you're filled with joy and your tremendous anticipation. Makes me think he's eager. Makes me think he can't wait to see what God's gonna do next. And that one word where he ran says so much of what we want to be like Philip within our lives. Eagerness, expectation, joy, enthusiasm. Again, uh, believing and filled with faith uh, for what's gonna happen next. I love that. He's a man on fire. And he knows he's in the will of God. He hears him reading scripture. And at that moment, Philip knows what he needs to do. I mean, Philip must be so fired up right there when he comes and he comes next to the chair and he hears him reading Isaiah 53 of all passages. He's so encouraged. Why? Ready, ready, ready. He's so encouraged because there's nothing like knowing you're in the center of God's will. There's nothing so satisfying than knowing you're in the center of God's will. Isn't it interesting that faith, though, is the greatest key to taking us to places? You know, um, so often we resist what God wants us to do and we miss out on the blessing. So much of the Christian life is just showing up. So this, so this, this past week at the prayer meeting, the brother I love, he came up to me and he was there at the end and again, again, we weren't at the prayer meeting you got to come to the next one, okay? So it was, it was, it was encouraging to me. He comes up to me after prayer meeting. He's like, hey, man, he's like, good to see you, man. Good to see you. I love this guy. And he's like, hey, man, I got to confess something right away. I'm just, I love his heart. Okay, what, what is it? What is he? I got to confess. We came here tonight, wife and I, and, and um, dropped our kids off, but we left. I was like, oh, 
but you're here now. And he's like, yeah, we, we actually drove away. He didn't want to come to pray. And I said, I, I get that because I feel that too sometimes. We actually ended up at the Home Depot Plaza over there. And I got on my car to do stuff. And my wife asked me to get back in the car. And next thing you know, I realized we need to turn around. And we came back. Came out 30 minutes late, but we came back. And I go, that's amazing, man. <laughs> and just like, like the opposition to coming to prayer. I get it. I got so much grace. I mean, it's just so difficult. I heard multiple stories that night of people who were in such a battle to get here. But he says to me, he goes, but listen, do you think I'm glad that I showed up? And I'm like, I know you are, bro. I know you are, right? And he was. And the battle that goes on is so much of life is showing up. We take the easy path, we just neglect. We don't do what God's called us to do. And we miss out on what God would have used us to do in the process. Um, coincidentally, this week, I was listening to a podcast, John Stone Street, called Breakpoint. I was interviewing, he's interviewing a woman on a book she wrote. It's a really encouraging podcast. He mentioned this in passing though. He mentioned, he says, you know, um, uh, last year, at November last year, the most recent Nobel Peace Prize winner was the Ethiopian prime minister who's an evangelical Christian. And he says that and he goes, and that all began in Acts chapter eight. That got my intent. I've been studying it all week. In Acts chapter eight, again, with Philip, with the Ethiopian eunuch and share the gospel with him. And the Ethiopian gives his life to Christ and takes the gospel back to Ethiopia, which was the start of the spread of the genuine gospel in that country, which in some form, in some way has carried all the way over to millennium for the evangelical prime minister today who just received the Nobel Peace Prize award winner for his, because of his work and his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as an active, again, form of his leadership. And I'm like, that's so encouraging. Aren't you encouraged by that? I'm so encouraged. Amen. Amen. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm like, that wasn't a, that wasn't coincidence. Write that down for the sermon. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that is awesome. That is awesome. And to be aware of that and to know that and be so encouraged by that. Listen, listen, listen. All that to say this. So often we, we have, we have no idea how much God has in store for us. We don't know the next person we're going to witness to. We don't know the impact that will bring. We don't know how much engagement we have the genuine gospel. People are saved in Jesus Christ and where they will go from that. Do you think Philip really had a clue that would lead to what we just described? He couldn't see it fully, but he was obedient and he was powerfully used. See, loved ones, all that to say this, we must pray for supernatural appointments and anticipate them and then be obedient to them. I love God's heart in um, Acts 8 too, because you see him reaching a city in Samaria, but then you see him reaching an individual, the Ethiopian eunuch, his care, his care for the individual. Question, when's the last time you genuinely prayed for supernatural appointments? Like when's the last time we genuinely prayed and were anticipating supernatural appointments upon our life. You know, in our world, there, there's a lot of hostility towards the gospel in our nation right now. But listen, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of hurting people. Like within the darkness, what happens is when you remove God from the equation, the darkness and the desperation intensifies. The media won't report, they won't report the negative sides of rejecting God, but the, the side effects are immense and the loneliness and the despair and the depression and the discouragement and the purposelessness, it's all around. There's so many people searching. So for all the hostility, there's a whole nother group of people that are desperately and dying to hear a message of hope that is found only in Jesus Christ. And as pastor right now here in this setting, I want to sincerely challenge you right now for anyone who is committed as a person who attends Hope Bible Church, okay? So here's what happens. 
been here almost 16 years now in ministry, 20 years. I've seen it over and over again. People come into the church. Um, God works genuinely often in that setting. They get encouraged. They're excited. What happens is though, Satan seeks to pick off anyone he can. And it starts small. They miss a weekend. They don't show up to gather time here at the church. They miss their small group, home group. They, they kind of um, 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 let go of accountability. And one week becomes a month. And once you disconnect and the accountability stops and there's not the conversation community, month becomes six months and six months becomes a year and so on. We've seen over and over and over again. My plea for you right now, who can you think of in your life right now and especially if they have been formally connected to you in a spiritual sense or to this church, who can you reach out to and love again with Christ to draw them back in to the center of where love and you know, and they know they need to be? Who, who is the Lord bringing to mind? I've seen this happen in my life in the last 10 days in just amazing supernatural ways. And praying it has a glorious, again, end of someone drifting and brought back to the center where God can fill and bless and use. But I'm asking you, if we all do that together, if all of us seek to love and bring back one sheep again that we can think of again, this church would be entirely changed again. It'd be entirely changed again. Like, again, I'm asking you to take this so seriously. I'm asking you to feel the burden of the Lord himself that he would place upon you, not, not, not put on someone else, not put on Pastor Robbie, not put on the elders, not put on some leader over there, but, but all of us together collectively. God, would you burden us with a soul that we would be used to love? And some of you are sitting here right now because someone did that for your life recently. You're here right now because someone loved you and cared for you. It's, just, it's the way it goes. It's beautiful. It's what the enemy is so afraid of. Again, I'll just say one more time, if, 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 if we all choose to do that, this church changes, it changes. God, lead us to supernatural appointments. For what purpose? Number two, number two, ready? To have supernatural conversations, that's why. See what happens? So God gives us supernatural appointments that he might give us supernatural conversations. So look at, look at verse 30. Verse 30, it says, So Philip runs to hear him reading Isaiah the prophet and asks him, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading just happened to be, that's my insert there, just happened to be from Isaiah 53. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation for this? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. This is so wonderful. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news um, about Jesus. So, um, reading scripture out loud like this, like the Ethiopians doing in ancient times is very common. It's very common to read scripture out loud. Philip hears, he says, hey, 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 do you know what you're reading? And then he responds famously. He says, how can I unless someone guides me? Isn't that beautiful? Like many people are seeking to be guided scripturally with truth, discipleship, just looking for people to help. I think about this. I think about all the words we use on a daily basis 
all the texts we type, endless amount of texts, all the content we espouse online. And yet most of it, in some cases, all of it is empty of spiritual or eternal conversations. But here's the Ethiopian eunuch and he's saying, how can I understand if no one guides me? See, 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 see what God does? He supernaturally guides us to supernaturally help us to guide others. Hey, Philip, go here. I'm guiding you, Philip. Why? Because I want you to guide someone else. I'm gonna use you as my vessel to guide someone in the gospel of Jesus Christ that they might be saved. Hey, Philip, you wanna be used? Yep. Step one, go. Step two, go here. Step three, now guide this person in the life-saving message of Jesus Christ. He guides us, loved ones, to use us to guide others. He gives us supernatural appointments to give us supernatural conversations, right? So he doesn't lead us supernaturally to an appointment that we just talk about the weather and sports. He leads us ultimately to have supernatural conversations with others about Jesus Christ and again, and his gospel. So this wonderful story in Acts 8, Philip is invited to sit down with the Ethiopian in, in his chariot. Just picture that. And Philip's like, hey man, so what you're reading? He knows what he's reading. And he's like, oh, I just happened to be reading Isaiah 53. Wow, what are the chances? The most Christ-centered chapter in all of the Old Testament. And this is the day that I show up. Praise the Lord, right? God is working. That is amazing. The Isaiah 53 is called the gospel of the Old Testament. So loved ones, I want you to see this too. Look at God's heart in Acts 8. Like, what do you learn about God's heart for the lost through this story of the Ethiopian eunuch? L look at the detail of God working sovereignly to reach this man. Look at the planning of God. Look at the moving of God. Look at the details of God. Look at the leading of God. Look at the love of God. Look at all that he's orchestrating to cause this event to happen at this time, to love upon this one individual, to see this man saved from death to life. That's our God. And he's doing that then, and he's doing that now. All over this world today, God is intimately, individually. Every baptism we heard this weekend is a story of God sovereignly, intimately saving a life in his time, in his way. It's beautiful. And he's still doing it. And he wants to use us in the process. Reminds me of the verse from 2 Chronicles 16, famous verse, it's beautiful. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. I love that, God's, God's searching. He's searching this room right now. He's searching. He's going up every aisle, down every row. He's every, every individual. Can I use you? Can I use you? To do what? To do what? To give strong support to those whose hearts is blameless towards him. He's looking to use individuals in the building of his church. See, Jesus Christ guaranteed to build his church and nothing, no one, not the gates of hell is gonna stop him. So that being a fact, lives are being changed. Do you wanna be used in the process? That's really what it comes down to. Yes, please. Over here, Lord, right? That's what you're doing. Use me, use me. Supernatural appointments, God, you have them every day. Yes, yes, that I may have supernatural conversations with those, again, in my life for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have this wide open door from God. You have Philip's wide open heart. And that's important, okay? Those two go together really well. And then you have this, you know, amazing unpacking of the good news um, of Jesus Christ. And notice what Philip does. He explains to the eunuch here that Jesus was the Christ. 
that Jesus is the lamb of God found in Isaiah 53. Why was he the lamb of God? He died for our sins. Jesus bore the wrath that we deserved, that we might be reconciled to God. He explained to the Ethiopian eunuch, he explained that Jesus took on the penalty and our punishment, that we would no longer be enemies of God, but friends of God, that we begin reconciled to him, that the blood of Jesus Christ washes away our sin as we place our faith in him for the forgiveness of our sins, as we receive the gift of his grace, not a result of works that no one may boast. This is all grace. This is the love of God. He explains to the Ethiopian, Jesus Christ was sent to die for you. All you must do is receive by faith the gift of life and forgiveness of your sins. He paid it all. He gave you his righteousness and he took on your sin. What an incredible message that is being shared. You have to believe, as I seek to live in the text here, you have to believe both Philip and the Ethiopian, their hearts are like beating out of their chest. Like Philip's heart must be being so fast because he's like, I love God's will. God is awesome. Jesus is Lord, the savior of the world and the gospel's great. You got to imagine his heart is just pounding out of his chest. He lives for this. He's a man on fire. And then there's the Ethiopian eunuch. His heart must be beating out of his chest because literally in this moment, his heart, he's getting a heart transplant. Like he's going from death to life. He's getting a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. He's being regenerated in this very moment. He is going from darkness to light, from death to life. He is literally being born again in this moment as this conversation happens. His heart is beating, yes, just a little bit fast. And both of them are there overwhelmed and again, and our biggest challenge, oh Lord, would you give us supernatural appointments that lead to supernatural conversations? I was reading this week a story that was found in Warren Wiersbe's commentary on this, and I was really challenged. I wanted to share it with you. He says, in October 1857, Hudson Taylor, again, the very famous missionary to China, Hudson Taylor began to minister in Ningpo, China, and he led uh, Mr. Nye to Christ. Uh, Mr. Nye was overjoyed. He, he, he received the gospel, like all that, that do. He was overjoyed with Christ. He wanted to share his faith with others, but he stopped and he, and he asked Hudson Taylor, he says, wait, how long have you had this good news in England? And Hudson Taylor kind of pondered that question. He acknowledged that England had had the gospel for centuries. And so Mr. Nye kind of looks back a little bit perplexed and he says, my father died seeking the truth. Why didn't you come sooner? And Hudson Taylor really had no answer to that penetrating question. You had this good news for so long? My father, my father died. He was seeking truth. Why didn't you come sooner? Wow. You know, I understand the culture we live in. I, I, I feel it every day. I, I understand the difficulty. I understand the increase and whatever. But the reality is, is that I imagine that um, you, many of our neighbors soon are going to be face-to-face -face with their maker facing all of eternity and in some form, in some way, I have to imagine that here we are with the gospel of Jesus Christ and we spend all this time and living right beside them. And in the end, it's kind of like the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. You face Hades or hell itself and you're just begging anything that the truth might go to those that you love. But I think our neighbors sit there and they're in some form, some way, say, you had this message the entire time and you never told me? How long have you known Jesus? How long have you had the gospel of salvation? How long is it that you knew the light that overcomes the darkness? 
You say, well, you know, I try people, people, people that listen. I know, I know, I got all the excuses too. It's just a really, really good, powerful thought to think over. See, when you pray though for supernatural appointments and you see the Lord is working and that door is open, here's the key. God opens the door. See the question right then, the door comes open. We see it for what it is. Do we have the faith to walk through? So what often happens is if we're praying for supernatural appointments, the door is open. We're like, ah, maybe tomorrow, right? Like that happens, right? Right? But see, when God opens the door, if he's opening it, he's doing something with it. We don't know, but our, our job is obediently to walk through. So just in, in recent weeks, having conversations and all of a sudden, without even expecting it, the, the door for the gospel is open and the opportunity to speak of Christ and right there, and you're almost caught off guard. And in that moment, you make a decision. Am I walking through or am I going somewhere else? And my faith, because you see what's happening, you take a deep breath, let's go. And you begin to speak of Christ because you know in that moment, I can't be ashamed of him. This is what I'm praying for. This is the opportunity, whether it goes the way you want to, God's the one who's in charge of that supernatural appointments to supernatural conversations. But again, be encouraged. Thirdly, this we're praying, it will lead to supernatural transformation. See, in our text, this is what's happening. There's an appointment and a conversation that leads to transformation. Look at verse 36 now. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the, I mean, obviously stuff's happening. And he said, see, here's water. I love this. What prevents me from being baptized? Bless his heart. And he commanded the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. So evidently the, the spirit of God is at work undeniably in the eunuch's heart. He has been saved. Philip explained him the gospel. He received Christ. Evidently Philip also talked to him about baptism on some level. He's like, hey, listen, when you come to Christ in this way, the, the, the first step of obedience is to be baptized again in the name of Jesus. Like that's the, that, that, that's the easiest step to fulfill as a symbol that you've been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, evidently Philip had the conversation because on his own, the eunuch's like, hey, wait, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? That's a great question. Nothing, as long as you're saved. If you are generally saved in Christ, nothing prevents you from being baptized. The caravan stops. Many are watching in the caravan. The Ethiopian is a witness right from the beginning. He steps out and they go down and he is baptized by Philip. I mean, what an awesome text for our service this weekend. What prevents me from being baptized? Again, if saved, nothing. Let me ask you a question. Are you a believer? Are you a genuine believer in Jesus Christ and have you yet to be baptized? I wanna challenge you that right now, like if you're genuinely saved in Christ and you've yet to be baptized as a believer, this could be your supernatural appointment right now. Like right now. This could be the Lord working in your, your heart right now. Remember, remember, in the New Testament, there's no such thing as an unbaptized believer. There's no such thing. See, baptism isn't an option for those who feel like it. That's just really bad theology. Um, actually, Phil Newton read this this week. I want to share it with you. It's challenging, but it's good. It's good. I'm not afraid to challenge each other. He says, baptism is the biblical pattern for declaring your faith before the world. To neglect baptism is to bring into question the reality of your faith. 
For who is truly saved that is so ashamed of Jesus Christ that he or she refuses to be baptized? That's good. That's good to ponder. You say, well, I don't know if I'd put in that strong language. I think, by, I think you know, there's a young woman who got baptized in the first service today and she stood up and she says, you know, I'll paraphrase. I got a real fear of public speaking, but when I realized all that Jesus Christ has done for me and saved me from my sins, the least I can do is stand up here and give him glory. And she did. And she did. And I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, yes, that is so good. That is so true. So again, let me ask you this one more time. Are you a believer in Jesus Christ and you've yet to be baptized for different reasons and different excuses, whatever it may be? I pray today you are supernaturally appointed to hear from the Lord. And if you are, I challenge you then, you will take out a connection card before you leave today. You will grab that connection card. You will put your name, number, and email, whatever it might be. And all you got to write in big, huge letters is baptism. I want to be baptized. Talked to a man at the last service that came up and he goes, in that moment, pastor, I was shaking, but I know this is, I've been put off, put off for way too long. I have to get it done. Sign me up. I'm like, praise the Lord. Okay, is that you today? Is that you today? Don't wait, man. Get a connections card, put your name, some way to contact you. I promise you, we've been touching you this week, this week. And we pray very, very, very soon. You'll be in the tank and the next person to give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, again, if you hear another call from the Lord and you again see the open door and walk somewhere else, I'm telling you, telling you, that's not good. It's called faith, man. It's called faith. God blesses it. So how encouraging is this passage? The Lord guide filled to a supernatural appointment. They have a supernatural conversation in order to see supernatural transformation. So just think as we kind of look to respond to this message today, can you look at your life? Can you thank the Lord for supernatural appointments that he directed your way? Can you thank the Lord for supernatural conversations that you had with different individuals to care for your soul in Jesus' name? And can you thank the Lord for supernatural transformation that you have experienced by the grace and the glory of God? I pray every one of us in some form would be able to thank the Lord for such important things. You know, we're saying this around our church a lot right now. We have a thousand seats opened up with our fourth service. We're praying for a thousand souls to be saved. That only happens with all of us working together to understand the power and the beauty of what God wants to do supernaturally among us. God, use it. God, use it. God, use it. So I'm praying right now, again, there's faith rising, encouragement growing, and expectation is also increasing with it. Come on, Lord, do it. Do it as only you can. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. So Lord, I do pray. I pray my brothers and sisters are joining with me. God, would you grant us supernatural appointments that lead to supernatural conversations that in the end will result in supernatural transformation. So many in our world are so desperately in need of this. I pray you will fill this church in this year as much as you've ever done with power, with love, with joy, with faith, with boldness, with the Holy Spirit of God. Oh Lord, I ask that you would be moving even now. You would be encouraging, revealing to us and, and, and let us respond to this final song as one that's celebrating your transformation in us. Oh God, let us respond with joy. Let us respond with faith. Let us respond with a united uh, celebration. We pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, I'm sure many of you have heard that November 28th is Giving Tuesday. No, doesn't sound familiar. 
Global Giving Tuesday is a global generosity movement unleashing the power of people and organizations to transform their communities and the world. It was created in 2012 as a simple idea, a day that encourages people to do good. Over the past 11 years, this idea has grown into a global movement that inspires hundreds of millions of people to give, collaborate, and celebrate generosity. Live in the Light exists to see lives radically transformed by the revelation of God's truth. This is what's close to our hearts. If you get fired up for the gospel and people learning about Jesus is your heartbeat as well, would you consider spending your Giving Tuesday on Live in the Light? A gift of any amount helps keeps us on the air, and because of that, more people can hear God's Word each day through stations like this. If the mission of Live in the Light resonates with you, you can donate on our website at liveinthelight.ca. We can't wait to see what God will do through the generosity of His people this Giving Tuesday. Thanks for listening today, and please join us again next time here on Live in the Light.